Welcome to In the News for February the 3rd, 2023. I am Brett Burney from AppsInLaw.com. And this is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Happy February, Brett. Happy February. It's like, I cannot believe we're, we're a 12th of the way through 2023. It's like <laughs> 0203, 2023 today. I don't know why I keep looking at the, the dates <laughs> so crazy as I do. Let's get right into it. How about some HomePod news? I know we talked about this last week, but I thought you did a great job of linking to some of, of the, uh, I guess, the, the premier reviews, right? We finally have yeah. the full reviews that have been out now from, I think, you know, TechCrunch and Engadget and The Verge. Uh, everybody pretty much says across the board, it sounds, Jeff, this sounds great. It's like it's good that Apple brought this back. Yeah, that's the big change from last week is that, um, you know, last week we knew it was coming out, but today they're right. shipping and the folks that have had them for a little while from Apple, the, you know, early, that were seated early reviews, uh, they released their reviews this week. And so it's interesting to hear what people that have actually been using the new HomePod have to say. Right. Um, if you're thinking about getting a big HomePod and if you only have time for one review, I would recommend the one that you just brought up on your screen from The Verge because it is yeah. incredibly yeah. comprehensive. It is good. And they did yeah. a nice job of dividing it between Chris Welch, who sort of talks about how the I, how, how about how it sounds? And then Jennifer Tui, who did sort of like some of the how do the, the Siri commands and HomeKit and all that sort of stuff, you know, different right. people talk about right. what their expertise was. So on the sound, which, of course, is the big reason people want to get a HomePod, you know, the reviews have consistently said that this thing sounds really, really great. Um, and it's in fact, I've heard over the yeah. past week, two different sets of commentary, sort of a buzz. Um, I've heard some people sort of say, who needs a HomePod? It's three times as expensive as a HomePod mini. You know, who needs all that nonsense? And then I've heard other people say HomePod minis are nice, but to really get that room filling, robust uh -huh. sound with the nice right. space, you know, the quality is just so much better. And so, and I think that those are pr both perfectly appropriate opinions. It just depends upon what you want. Right. If you, if you don't need the loudest or the, or the, or the, the quote unquote best music quality, HomePod minis are wonderful. Uh, in fact, frankly, if, if you don't care that much about music quality, maybe a simple Amazon Alexa that have pretty, you know, crappy speakers, maybe that's fine for you. But um, but if you want the Apple product, that which is better than the Amazons, is the mini. But if you really want that full sound, it's the the HomePod. And of course, if to, to really experience it, you get two of them in the stereo. Pair, I know. Where they one do isn't such a enough. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, one is not enough. And again, that's $600. So it's not a nothing expense. Yeah. Although people have been spending money on stereo speakers for a very, very very long time. Um, True that. So, yep. um, so, so from a sound standpoint, it's good. And then everything else about it, they say the outside looks very similar to the prior model. But I right. think that's a good thing because it has an iconic look to it with the mesh and, you know, it looks different from other speakers. And it's a look that I actually think looks very, you know, very nice in any room. It doesn't look plasticky or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but the internals are all new. It's got a much faster chip, the same one that they use in the Apple Watches. Um, so it can do a lot of things. Siri is a lot faster. It does, you know, great processing of audio, of, of the microphone portion and sound. So really right. it's just an all around great review. The only knock of it is that, you know, it is a little expensive, but right. that's because yeah, this compared. is a product that is more expensive. If you get the right. similar Sonos, which you and I talked about last week, because mm -hmm. Sonos have some advantages, um, you're paying just as much money for the nice Sonoses. Absolutely. So if you decide you're in that in that field, the HomePod's there. And then other things, you know, some of the new features on it, like the, the temperature sensor, which of course was also recently enabled on the HomePod <laughs> right. mini, you know, the tests have said that it, it does what it's supposed to do. The it's, it's accurate. Um, the, the one thing that I heard is that sometimes if you have like a true thermometer in a room, it will respond to changes in temperature a 
little bit more quickly, whereas the HomePod might take a few minutes to sort of get up to speed. But that's, I mean, nobody cares, you know, was it literally 71 degrees or 70 right. degrees? You know, it's close enough right. and it'll catch up. So it's really, you know, it's a nice product that a lot of people are going to love. And I think the best evidence of that is that although you will be getting one today if you pre-ordered it, um, mm-hmm. and if you walk into an Apple store, you might be lucky enough to find one on the shelves. But if you go to place an order for one today, Brett, I think that they're not delivering for like another month. So oh Apple, my. you know, there's okay. a lot of demand for these things. Um, and I think they're going to sell well. I Reading through these reviews, Jeff, it, it something just feels different. I think in a good way. I, I, I think some of it is is so many people really like that old HomePod, the original one that we talked about, you know, that came in in 2018. And then... It was just a surprise, I think, to everyone that Apple, I think one of these articles even said they used the the D word. They are, um, uh, uh, what is it, de-institution or, or, or uh, what, what, how do they say it in here? That they are, they, they, they are truly getting rid of it. Like they are uh, discontinuing. Thank you. That's the D. Yeah. Discontinuing. <laughs> Thank you. I knew it was going to come. But it's like Apple doesn't normally use a word like that. In other words, no. it was like written in stone. Like all was hope surprising. was gone <laughs> that that happened. And so I don't read you through some of those reviews. I just I I feel that there there's a tenderness there. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. from some of the reviewers because a lot of them, I, even in this Verge, I think they were comparing the old HomePod that they still had that was maybe three or four years old because they didn't get rid of them, right? A lot of people still have some of those old original HomePods because they liked them so much. Um, anyway, just just my kind of reflection on that T- to the point where I'm like, wow, you know, this, this, this really is kind of a um, a, a special little product, I think, for yeah. a lot of folks. And 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 then just even going further, just quickly in the, in this verge, they were even talking about you know if one isn't enough, you got to have two to experience that full stereo speaker sound. But then you even mentioned this that you can connect them now like directly to your TV. I think somebody that's in the verge connected exactly it to what their, I was going to say next. Your PlayStation, yeah. and that's just interesting stuff to me there too. Yeah, in fact, that one is interesting because first of all, in what it does is interesting, and second of all, what it might possibly mean for the future is interesting. So okay. on the first part, you know, this is this tech, relatively new technology for home theaters called eARC, E A R C, and yeah. it basically allows yeah. different systems to share sound back and forth. It's if okay. you've got a new TV okay. like the LG TV that I have and I've reviewed, it's, it has it. And so the nice thing about it is you can have all of your peripherals plug into your TV, your game system, your cable, you know, ch- channels, it, yep, whatever you're right. that whatever you're watching stuff on. It all goes into the TV. And then from the TV, you use the eARC to plug into whatever your speakers are. And that way it will automatically send all the sound out to your speakers. And so if you have the eARC uh, okay. going into okay. an Apple TV 4K and you have your HomePods, uh, like a, a stereo pair of them, or I guess you could just use one, but it won't be as good. Um, but if you have a nice stereo pair right there in your TV room um, connected to your Apple TV, they'll handle all the music from whatever the source it's coming from. And it took a little time to do it, which led The Verge to to wonder in their review, did would Apple have literally spent all this time on all this eARC stuff if they were going to only use it for this one HomePod? <laughs> or is hmm. this maybe, and this could be wishful thinking, but is this maybe mean that Apple has other interesting products in this category coming, whether they are, you know, sound bars for a TV or just other home stuff. Um, right. I just, I, I, I really love the home technology and I especially love it when it comes from Apple because of all the care that they put into their products. Right. So I'd love right. it if Apple was selling even more than just the home pods or 
who knows, you hear rumors of a different version of a HomePod that maybe has a screen, much like you can get, you can get an Amazon Echo that has a screen right. or one of the Google ones that have a screen. So, you know, it would be great, I think, if Apple expanded the category even more in the future. So, it's so cool stuff. the important question, Jeff, is Apple going to be selling a HomePod to you? <laughs> you have HomePod <laughs> minis already. Are you yeah, I'm, tempted on this HomePod? Uh, am I a little jealous of it? Sure, because I'm sure it would sound fantastic. Uh -huh. um, but you know, I, I'm perfectly happy with the sound of my minis. And perhaps the best okay, thing for okay. me, Brett, is to never have a full home pot in my house because that way I won't know what I'm missing and I won't feel je too jealous. <laughs> I will just continue to be happy with my minis, I, I like which have approach. more than enough sound. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I mean, they you are know, very nice, you know. There, there is one other knock that I have heard about the home pod, Jeff. Apparently, you need to make sure you put the home pod on a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> did you see this? I think Marquez I Bradley, I saw that I didn't even have a clue about this, but apparently the older yeah, home pods, it was something like if it's a non-treated surface or something, it will actually leave a little ring on the table. And he had this little video, TikTok video or so that he was showing the rings. And I'm like, really? Like, just like you were talking about all the care that Apple puts into this. But I think he says, thankfully, thankfully. The newest version, <laughs> at least the white one that he was look, the, looking at, does not leave a ring. So thank you, well, Apple, for fixing I've the I've actually ring heard problems. just the opposite. Some of the initial reviewers <laughs> oh, really? says okay. that it does okay. still leave a ring. Perhaps a good authority on this is our buddy uh, David Sparks. He was remarking on yes? the podcast just this morning that um, because David is not only a technology person, but he also likes to do woodworking. So he That's has right. the expertise in both fields. Oh, okay, good. From his get him on. <laughs> if you have a table that is like, you know, most of the time, if you you know make wood or something nice, it's going to be coated with a polyurethane to sort of protect it and stuff. And then if you have a polyurethane seal on right. your wood table, it's going to be right. perfectly fine. The oh, real okay. problem, he says, is people that might have a table that just has like a wax coating or, or right. it's not treated or something like that, then it can leave a mark. The original one could leave a mark. The new one could leave a mark. Just get a coaster well, or something knew. like that yeah, yeah. if you're going to do that. So anyway, that's uh, an interesting So Apple thought. needs to make well, an Apple could, coaster. Yeah, or, you know, I even it. reviewed uh, a couple months ago, Brett. I don't remember if we talked about it in the podcast, but this, this cute little stand that I have for my mini, because I actually do have a wood yeah. table where the my uh, my HomePod mini was just a little short on the table. So just to lift it a few inches, I have this little stand I found on Amazon that I guess would also solve the, uh, I don't know if they've got a, a similar stand for the big HomePod, so. An Apple coaster. That's Apple's Apple next, coaster. Uh, there you ne go. Next product. <laughs> okay, so you may not be buying a Home Pod, but apparently you have purchased a couple of more security cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, you were kind to share with our audience last week about the tragedy at your house being burglarized, but it had a little bit of a happy ending from a technology standpoint uh, because you had security cameras already in your house. You were able to get a a good picture of the perpetrator and uh, he was apprehended. So right, right. I was interested to see if you were gonna talk about a little bit more about the uh, the Eufy cams and then a little interesting twist that you linked to here today as well. Yeah, so they've been in the news lately. Um, I mean, the, first of all, yes, the cams worked great for me. We actually did order two more of them. I haven't installed right. them yet, but I'm gonna put them in this weekend just to get a couple more angles, but I was just so happy with what with, with happened. But one right, issue right, with Eufy's right. is whenever you have these security cameras, no matter what company you buy them from, you right. always want to be concerned about privacy. Now, especially, especially if you have an indoor camera that might be looking at, you know, certainly a bedroom or something like that. Right. And right. some of these camera products, the way that they work is they connect to the internet to the proprietary website of the manufacturer, um, which is 
nice because it means that you could view the images from somewhere else right yourself but it always opens up the possibility of you know could somebody who i don't want looking at my videos could they do it and one of the things that the eufy cameras have had going for them is that they don't normally go to the internet they every all the video is stored locally in your house on a device okay um all right and what many people do is they only enable viewing via the internet through HomeKit, which has tons of security so that way you're in good exactly. shape okay um, okay the thing about the uv cameras though is there is an optional feature that you could enable it to be able to view things over their website and if mm. you did have that enabled although uv claimed that everything was encrypted end to end they made a mistake yeah they made a mistake that was discovered Oopsie. by people from the speaking of the verge once again and people <laughs> yeah. from the verge figured this out last year or at least right. their sources did and when they pressed Anchor, which is the parent company of UV, right, when they pressed right. Anchor about it, Anchor's initially response was unfortunately a little bit of denial when perhaps they should have been a little bit more yeah. forthcoming. But, right. you know, the the good news at the end of the story is everything has now been confirmed. Anchor has figured it out. They've confirmed that they were incorrect earlier with what they said. And, you know, they're addressing the issue. They're fixing the specific flaw. And they're also taking some steps like, you know, doing some additional security things and hiring some new people to try to look out for flaws like this in the future. So, you know, I don't, I know of zero cases where it was actually exploited in the wild. Um, But obviously, you know, even just the possibility. So you want some security. I still think that the UVs are a good approach because they sort of inherently are more private than some of the other cameras. Um, But, you know, you just have to make a a decision going forward of how you want to go. And as I mentioned last week, that the newest UV cams, the threes, actually don't currently work with HomeKit, which is a downside, which is why I actually purchased the older UV cam two when I replaced them. So it's a kind of, you know, it's it's interesting. You want security. But you also want privacy. You know, some people decide right. to share their cameras with, but with you want convenience. You know, the police. You want convenience right. that all of these things are competing and there's no perfect dance. What's going to be right for one right. person is not right for another person. You just need to decide what's right for you. It's, it's a lot yeah. of choices. Well, I've watched the Mission Impossible movies, so I know it's possible, you know, to hack into the security cameras <laughs> like that. But thank you, Verge, and the author of this article is Sean Hollister and his mm. team. Thank you, Good Sean. Reporting. I, I, I love this first paragraph. Uh, Anchor at first said it was impossible. Then he said it covered its tracks, and then they repeatedly deflected. So he goes, um, something about we, we told Anchor that we would publish a story about the company's lack of answers if they didn't answer our questions. And then the next sentence is, it worked. <laughs> In a series of emails to The Verge, Anchor has finally admitted its UV security cameras. I mean, I get it from a business perspective. You certainly yeah. don't want to have a black guy like this. But good on Anchor. Well, first of all, good on The Verge for pushing this. And at least Anchor. And in fact, this Sean, I think, published... Um, all of the conversations he had with somebody security or global head of communications at anchor i mean mm-hmm. it, it's best to come clean about this and say this is what we're working on and so i thank you for linking to that article it makes me feel a little in bit fact, better it was just last <laughs> week or maybe two weeks ago we were talking about the last pack hat last pass hacks yes and i mean the right. hacks was a problem but a secondary right. issue was communication and yes, so you know exactly. when it comes to things like privacy and security um, I know it's difficult to right. be forthright, but, you know, obviously we as customers want the companies that we buy things from to just tell us what's going on. All right. So maybe something a little less spy invested. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> note taking. <laughs> yeah. But it's important, right, for us on a day to day aspect. Now, uh, really, I think I'm so glad you, you bring this up because this is one of my favorite topics. In fact, I'm going to work with another uh, a client of mine a little bit later today on this exact question is typically using the iPad to take notes, both 
typed notes as well as handwritten notes. And so obviously you and I are both are in the legal industry. And so, you know, taking notes, uh, typically on a yellow legal pad, <laughs> is something that everybody carries around with them. And that was the question a lot of times that I get from a client, like, I want to replace my yellow legal pad with an iPad. Now, I know you, Jeff, and I know many years ago you did this. And in fact, I look to you often to see, you know, how can you integrate the iPad into your workflow to take notes? Now, I know that you use an app called GoodNotes. I actually use an app that um, is very similar. In fact, you and I talk about this quite a bit. That's called Notability. They're mm -hmm. very similar, lots of overlap on both of these. In fact, I think they're very good on the com competition because you just talked about the app adding audio recordings in GoodNotes earlier this week, which is something that Notability has had for many years. Forever. Uh, in yeah. fact, GoodNotes was always able to, or for many, a long time was able to search your handwriting to, you know, as long as it was good, Notability couldn't, but then they came and, you know, competed with that, with that feature not too long ago. So thanks for adding this today. It's good to see some updates, both in GoodNotes and in the Notability app today. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to, um, and I've, I've used a number of these different apps over the years, ever since I first started using an iPad in 2010. So, you know, for a very long time now, yeah, the one that I've right. been settled with for the last few years has been GoodNotes, but if something better comes along, I'll certainly take a look at that as well. But um, the audio recording feature is something that, as I've mentioned, it, not for my personal practice, it wasn't something I was looking for, but for students, right, right. I know it's really important. You want to be in a lecture yeah. and listening to someone yeah. speak. You want to have a recording of it um, and while you're taking notes. And, and the advantage of that is that normally you're just going to review, review your notes because that's a much faster way to review what was said. Um, right. But if there's a place where you're looking at what you wrote down and you're like, gosh, I don't know that this makes sense to me. Like I can't, maybe I didn't write the whole thing down or something like that. You could, from that very point in GoodNotes now, you right. can just hold down on those words and a little pop-up menu appears. And one of the choices is to play the audio. And then you can actually listen to, and it goes back a few seconds. You can listen to what was said or what was recorded from the iPad at the time that you were right. taking that specific note. And then hopefully if you listen to the teacher or the person giving the presentation and you hear them say it again, you're like, oh, okay. When I wrote down the it word helps. X, right. I did, okay, what I really should have written was Y and, and here's what this means. So I totally understand the value of this feature. Um, and right. um, I, I just have often environments where it doesn't really make sense for me to have audio recordings, but I've tested it and it does work. And I, I even ran a test Good. where like I, I recorded for like a full 30 minutes and I tried to see, did it make a very big difference in the file size? Cause I wasn't sure how much space it takes. And it was, it wasn't, it didn't, it made it. Yeah. They compress that pretty good. Yeah. They yeah. compress it a lot. I'm sure, you know, after, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of hours that we'll start to use a little bit of your iPad space, but frankly, audio right. you know, doesn't take up as much space as video and other things. So. Well, I am thrilled to see that GoodNotes has this option. I'll tell you just quickly for notability, I don't do the recording when I'm working with a client or somebody like that. But where mm -hmm. I do use it many times is if I go to a conference and I'm listening to a presentation and I'm taking notes on a certain presentation. Sure. You and I, we have continuing legal education. So, you know, we're supposed to be paying attention. But I got to tell you, sometimes notability lets me be a little bit lazy because, you know, I'd start daydreaming. <laughs> but I hear something's important, but I didn't catch all of that. But I yeah. had notability recording the audio so i'll just make a quick little like circle or a star or something on the note <laughs> jeff so that like i know that was something i should have been paying attention to but what's neat about notability and i'm, I'm sure good notes either does this now or will do it is that when you tap at a certain place in your notes whether they're typed or handwritten it'll start playing the audio but then it'll start redrawing the notes from that point like it just goes back and it's kind of fun and neat you know it is sort of that. fun it, i agree yeah 
when when I show people that that option, they're like, "Wow, I did not know that." You know, it would it would do that. And like you said, it, it looks cool. I I don't use it all the time, but it is it is a little fun. So that's good notes. And quickly, you link to an update on Notability, which I, I, I think if you're in the, in the artist aspect, this would be really, really fantastic on here. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's just something new that they're adding from the Apple Pencil, which is a stylus. <laughs> but now you can use it more like a, a lead pencil. <laughs> Right, it's a little confusing because the Not feature's lead, called right? pencil. Yeah. I know, it's, there, there's too many words in here. But this was a good little feature that Notability released on here as well. Yeah, and the thing that they did nice about it is that not only does it mean that as you draw with this tool turned on, it looks like a graphite pencil, which is fun yeah. for like drawing sketches and stuff like that. But they didn't, they actually did it the more complicated way where they're using vector graphics, which means that yeah. if you draw something small and you make it bigger, it won't be like all pixelated and stuff like not that. Pixelated. It's, it's exactly. vector, so it'll grow bigger. Yeah. So it's a nice, all of the, you know, the perfect use of this is definitely for artists. Um, so if that's you, then you'll enjoy using this feature. Yeah, but like even if you're just, you know, doodling in the side of your notes and just for the purposes of emphasis, you're taking notes in a conference or a meeting right. and you just want to put some things just to make it look different. You could switch to this pencil and have it sort of stand out a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's well, I think, yeah, well, I think you and I would agree that the Apple pencil itself is probably the best tool from a stylus perspective you can use for the iPad. I love this review from Ed Hardy. Reviewing a company that I know you and I are pretty fond of from many years ago, Adonit, A-D-O-N-I-T. They started making styluses, styli, stylize for the <laughs> iPad even before Apple. Okay, because originally Steve Jobs said you don't need anything to use the iPad. Don't need a keyboard, don't need a mouse, don't need a stylus. Now Apple, of course, offers all of those uh, things and support them. But Adonit was making some excellent styluses, styli, way back in the day. But this one takes the cake. I might have to yeah. get this one here. The Adonis star. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, the first thing I thought of is, hmm, when I graduated from law school, I remember getting like a Mont Blanc pen, which has sort of Ooh, that signature at the very top of it. Pretty. Sort of a star yes, shape. Is it just a coincidence <laughs> that Adonit is also calling this the star and making it look so uh -huh. much like this Mont Blanc pen? But, yes. uh, but if you like that look, which is certainly a classic look, and in fact, when you take the uh, the, the tip off of the uh, this particular Adonit stylus, cool. it even sort of looks like it's a fountain pen, although it's really a stylus right. pen. So it's a cool looking stylus that, um, again, I, I presume Adonit's stylus usually work well. So I presume that this one will yeah. also work well, yeah. but it does have that more distinctive Mont Blanc-esque look, although Adana will never say those words, I'm sure, to avoid no, being sued. of course. But um, I, uh, it, it's, uh, it looks like a cute looking stylus. Thank you. One of my all-time favorite styluses, yeah. by the way, is my old, you know, number two pencil stylus. Oh, of course. Stylus on the tip, yeah. but it looks like a number two pencil. So yeah. if you want to sort of look like the pencil, you can have this. If you want to have the Mont Blanc, pipe, uh, Mont Blanc look, you can get this one. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to get it because I just want to see people's reactions when I use it, Jeff. I mean, it's like, what are you using? A fountain pen on your, you're going to scratch your iPad. Your iPad. <laughs> oh, I got it handled. No, don't you worry. Thanks, Ed Hardy, for spending another 50 of my dollars there. That's uh, that's not going to be fun, but that is so cool. I'm, I, that made my morning like watching that. So another day, another story about <laughs> Apple helping you find your lost items. I saw this mm -hmm. in a couple of other places today. We've, we've talked about, we talked about the AirTag helping travelers find their suitcases <laughs> But what if it's not a full suitcase? What if it's a tiny little wallet? Can yeah. the AirTag help with that? 
Yes, sir, it can. This well, is a great maybe story. it can, because from what I understand, I don't know that he's actually recovered his wallet yet. Um, this story came from his Twitter account. So this gentleman was on a plane. He left his wallet on the plane, you know, which on the plane, right? never want to do. I don't know why he took it out. Maybe put it in the seat pocket or something like that. But it had an air tag in the wallet. You know, you can make your wallet sort of thick, but you can do that. So he told the airline, hey, I left my wallet in the plane. The airline comes back and says, we searched, you know, we cleaned the plane. We searched it. We can't Top find your bottom. wallet. It's not there. <laughs> not there. Well, <laughs> because of the air tag, he then watched the plane travel to like, you know, what, 35 different he cities. He said 35 cities. Exactly. So his his wallet is enjoying flights around the country, if not the world. <laughs> a lot of miles um, racking up. And to my knowledge, because the last time I, I looked at his Twitter account again last night, because he's gotten so much attention for this, I'm sure that he will tweet when he recovers it. But he hasn't tweeted that yet. So I think his wallet is continuing to fly around the country. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe it like fell down and, and got yeah, in between the corner seats. of the plane. Yeah, between yeah. the seats. Something that they're not finding it. Um, so if funny. he could just get on that plane again with his iPhone, he could make it beep and find it, you know. But um, who knows? If get on that American so. Airlines. Find that. <laughs> well, thankfully, while American Airlines is searching for lost wallets, there are emergency personnel in Canada that are able to find people. Here's a, This was another excellent story, I thought. One of the – apparently these two ladies uh, ended up off the main road in a snowbank they couldn't move the car, but one of them, the passenger or so, had an iPhone 14, and they yeah. were—they didn't have cell phone service, I don't believe, but they did. Where they were able to use the satellite feature on this, Jeff. This is great. This is one of those examples of they were traveling on the main road, and there was an issue, and Google Maps suggested taking an alternative route. <laughs> right. So they right. took it, but Google Maps did not know that that route was had a huge snow—you know—all the snow on it. Was it was only partially plowed, is what right. is what happened. And so there. their car ends up going into a, a snowbank, um, and they were stuck. And so you know, the good news of this particular story is that they used the iPhone 14 satellite feature to call 911 for help. And they were saved. So that's the good news. What I thought was interesting about this feature is you and I have spoken in past weeks that some people are worried that these sorts of technologies might put an undue burden on rescuers, whether it be through right. false calls or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Whereas yeah. these these rescuers were saying that this was great because what often happens is people go missing and all they know is where they were last seen and where they were going, which like means they have a huge area. area. Right. And so right. they have to use so many resources to look for the people. Whereas with this, because there's a precise GPS, this is exactly where yeah. the people are and you can communicate with them albeit slowly, um, they don't have to waste time looking in a big area. They can just go very specifically to the target area, which means they're more likely to be able to help the people because they can get there sooner. They can use less resources. So um, it was nice to see that they were very complimentary of this new feature. And of course, it was great news for the women that were trapped. Thank goodness that they were right to safety. Dwight Yoakum, a senior manager with British Columbia Search and Rescue, called it a game changer for exactly mm -hmm. what you were describing there. That's wonderful. iPhone 14 satellite service. You know, I, I guess the sad thing that I was reading that story, Jeff, I'm like, well, I'm glad it was an iPhone 14 and not an iPhone 13, right? Or an iPhone no. 12 or uh, not that, hey, kids, you know, you don't need to use that as a as an excuse to get your parents to upgrade your phone or anything. Or maybe it is. So I'm just saying, yeah. it's like, you know, well, the you know, the nice 14, thing is. Right. right now, it's only the newest phones that have it. But, you know, four years from now, Brett, everybody's going to be using a, True. everyone, all Absolutely. iPhones. People are going to upgrade eventually, and we'll get to the point where everybody has this feature. Here's an app that I know you've mentioned before. I've never used this, but I know that you're fond of it. And there was a little bit of news on the Motif 
app, M-O-T-I-F. You reviewed this back in 2019. Yeah. You know, my original encounter with this was not the Motif app, but originally Apple itself, Motif. when in, in back in the days where the right. Apple computer program was called iPhoto, now it's called Photos. But when right. it was iPhoto, Apple had a built-in ability to create greeting cards, you know, use your pictures to make a card or to create books. Now, right. behind the scenes, Apple was actually working with this company Motif. But at the time, you would order them just through the iPhotos app on your computer. And I started making them when my kids were like a year old. And so I've got, you know, I don't know, 15 years of these books that I would make at the end of each year. I would always give them to my parents as sort of a Christmas present. And it's like, you know, uh, some of the best pictures of the past year involving the kids. And they were especially really fun nice. when the kids were young and cute. Yeah. So um, now Apple removed <laughs> that from iPhotos years ago. But again, the same company, Motif, continued to make them. And there was a competitor too, um, which is what, Mimeo, right? And I believe I so. Name, right? yep. Yes, Mimeo. Yep. And M-I-M-E-O, so I remember yes. when... When the feature, when Apple stopped the feature years and years and years ago, I said, well, as I continue to make these books every year, will I use Motif or will I use its competitor Mimeo? And I decided to use Motif and I've been a happy user of it ever since. The, the new thing and what I reviewed a couple of years ago is you can now create these books on your iPad, which I've been doing that pretty much ever since the app came out. So I continue to make these year-end nice. books or I made one book that's got like Mardi Gras pictures over the years of different oh, friends and okay. family members that have been at our house for Mardi Gras. Now that we're in Mardi Gras season right now in New Orleans. And so it's it's a great coffee table book that we put out every year. If, you know, between parades, people are hanging out at our house, having a drink, getting a snack, you can look through pictures of, you know, old Mardi Gras. And it's nice to have this physical book in your hand and they're very easy to put together on your iPad where you can just drag photos in and out. So I really like this service. I like the product. The news this week is I guess the market wasn't big enough to have the both. <laughs> have both. Right. So Motif <laughs> was purchased by Mimeo. Um, and as Adam Angst reports that for the for the time being, you can continue to use either right. app, but behind the scenes, it's going to be the printing services yeah. that Mimeo has that creates the books. I presume they'll look the same as before. And um, as long as somebody's out there with still offering the service, that's what matters to me because right. I no one's more digital than me, Brett. I, I, I love digital pictures. I love looking at pictures on my TV and my iPad and everything else. But sometimes it's nice to have that book in your yeah. hand. You open it up, you glance through it, you sit with, yeah. you know, share it with someone yeah, you else. You got a picture of it here, which tell is just stories. Really cool. Yeah, it's a perfect example. Yeah. You know, these there's there's something to be said for these. And when you have like a big a big book with a full page image, it's a it's great. It looks really really yeah. good. So yeah, well uh, well done. Hopefully they'll stick around. Now we yeah. just talked about AirTags in helping a gentleman find a wallet. We <laughs> talked about AirTags helping a, people find their lost luggage. This <laughs> is a story. I remember when the AirTags came out, we talked about this. People asked this question, hey, could I put an AirTag in the collar of my dog so that when the dog runs away or goes missing, I will be able to track the dog? Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time, Apple, I don't know if they officially formally said this, but they're like, yeah, probably not the best use of the AirTag. But that's not going to stop people from trying, Jeff. Yeah. And, and there's did. all these, you know, <laughs> all these things you can buy on Amazon, you know, AirTag right. collars for your dogs. Right. And, and they do work. I do read stories about people saying my dog ran away. Right. Now, obviously, the dog would have to be near somebody with an iPhone, but there's <laughs> iPhones everywhere. And right. you, know, you can track a lost dog with an AirTag. 
But as this article points out, the problem is that if a dog, if especially if you have the air tag sort of hanging from the dog's collar, if the dog can get to it, they have these examples of dogs eating and chewing on the air tag, which has got like a lithium battery, and that's not good. Yep. Uh, and in fact, the article points out that even if your own dog can't get to the air tag, another dog that's sort of you know playing with your dog could, could <laughs> grab it off. So um, you know, I guess the, the beginning, is, yeah. I was just going to say ahead. that if you still decide to do this, even though Apple doesn't recommend it, there are some dog collars that I've seen where the air tag is <laughs> actually be better. flush with the actual collar as opposed to dangling yeah. from the end of it. Maybe that would reduce the chance of a dog consuming the air tag. The beginning sentence of this and it's Wall Street Journal. So um, I know this is a bo quick bonus tip. If you have subscribed to Apple News, you can open the link in Apple mm -hmm. News or find it there because it usually is behind a paywall. <laughs> but the beginning sentence is Colin Mortimer, who is the owner of this dog, knew there was trouble when his dog Sassy started beeping. <laughs> Apparently they went through this whole thing. They could hear that they could see that the dog, you know, that the air tag was beeping. They could see that the air tag was lost. They went around the entire apartment trying to find this and they couldn't understand why they couldn't find uh the the air tag uh until they finally took it to the veterinarian and here the wall street journal even comes complete thank you for the com the comprehensive coverage here complete with an x-ray <laughs> of the dog showing the air tag in the stomach of the dog here you i don't just really that, need that to was brilliant. read the article if you just look at the picture just look at the picture. picture exactly picture that speaks a thousand words this x-ray is all you need to know. <laughs> I loved it where they finally got it out. The, the, later on in the article, there's a picture of once they finally got it out, there's like, you know, just a few bite marks on it. <laughs> like he tried to chew it up a little bit before. Uh, anyway, the other thing quickly that it just made me reminded of that we've talked about this in the past is um, there. The, you said lithium battery and the bitterant coating coating you know where i'm going with this some lithium batteries you know because it looks like a like a neko wafer or something like that that little kids could possibly ingest them that's a big no-no so sometimes companies will put a bitterant coating on those lithium batteries but those don't happen to actually work in the air tag so just yeah. kind of a weird little uh, flipping around there <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> good stuff all right in the know um uh, for know. my app or my tip today i'm going to talk just quickly about installing fonts on your iphone or your ipad now really the only time that i do this jeff is if i if i'm going to give a presentation somewhere right i typically will create a presentation on my mac or my windows machine and i'll use some fun fonts sometimes in those presentations you know i don't like to use comic sans or times new roman all the time <laughs> Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're, they're okay and appropriate. But when I move that presentation over to my iPad, because I like to use my iPad to give a presentation, right? The font doesn't always come with it, especially this mm. is in Keynote. Sometimes the way you can save the, the presentations in PowerPoint or so that they'll come with it. And so when I import it into my iPad, Keynote will open and say, oh, what do you want to do? We don't have these fonts. You know, do you, what do you want to replace it with? And a lot of times they'll just default to not a fun looking font on there. And right. I don't like that. So all through the years on the iPad, there has been kind of a, a hackery way to get fonts onto the iPad, and that involves creating profiles on the iPad. Now, this is the only time I've ever done profiles other than maybe like sometimes I can use it to, to install a beta app or something like that. But you go into your settings and you go to profiles and you have to jump through about four or five different warnings that, hey, you're creating a profile. Are you sure you want to do this? won't get into all the security issues on that, but you know, it's, it's in due course that they are saying this could be a security 
you know, uh, 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 issue here if you install a profile. But that was the only way that you could get a font on there. You can still do that. But in iOS 13, several years ago, Apple did allow some fonts to be installed through the settings app. If you go into settings and go to general, you'll see there is a fonts option. Now for most of us, it's probably gonna be blank. There's no fonts listed in that fonts because what you have to do, and I'll link to a couple of articles that'll kind of walk you through this if it's something that, <laughs> that you might care about, but you have to get a separate app. One of those is Font Diner. That's why I'm showing this today. There's a couple of others. There's actually one called a Creative Cloud from Adobe. You don't have to have an Adobe account. You have to have a free account. You don't have to have a paid account. A little confusing there. But Font Diner, completely free. You download this app, and you can purchase fonts through the app. You know, a lot of people think, well, fonts should be free. Well, that's not true. People design those fonts, and you have to purchase them. And there's a lot of sites out there that you can do this. But if you download the Font Diner app, there are about 20 or 23 fonts that are free that they, that they insert into there that you can use anywhere you are. And once you install Font Diner and tap on the uh, that first little area where it says a free, it's like a packet of fonts. Once you do that, it does then show in that general font setting in there. In other words, you can go into your settings app, go to general, go to fonts, and then you can actually toggle ones on and off that you want to show but these are kind of fun i wouldn't use this you know to create a an email message but you can use it in things like microsoft word you can use it in you know keynote or a powerpoint presentation or something along those lines now the limitations just lastly here this is only for something like in a creative aspect right keynote powerpoint i'm sure you could probably use it in something like good notes or notability as well microsoft but word you can't, yeah. yeah exactly you cannot use these to change the system font on the iPhone or the iPad. Like some people right. want to change the, the little, you know, your app names, for example, and put that in. Mm -hmm. No, no, Apple doesn't allow that. I'm sure there's many security issues on there. But the Font Diner app, and there's a couple of others, and I'll, again, I'll put some additional links in the, in the show notes that you can go, that you know, this would maybe be fun if you just wanted, you know, you're setting up a, a document or putting a, making, making a poster or something on your iPhone or your iPad, uh, you can go do that. Font Diner is completely free, and then they got about 20 fonts in there that are free. And if you want more, you can purchase more through the Font Diner app as well, and then those would also be available in your settings app. So you can still do that profile side if you are, if you, if you dare. Uh, and, and there are some security issues I've never run into because I've done that many times, but it is a little confusing, the hoops that you have to jump through there. It's just a little too much. And Apple wouldn't like you to do that as much, although it is still available. But I would recommend start with this font diner, see if it's something that you want to use, and then uh, you know, reach out to me. <laughs> if you want to do more fonts, I could help you out with that as well. But that's my tip for today. For folks who have been looking at the, um, the listening to this podcast just on the audio version, uh, you're sort of missing out because on the video version, you'll see that, Brett, you're showing right. off all these different fonts, and they're really cool looking. Those are just the yeah. free ones. Um, yeah, I'm going to have exactly. to try this to try it out. I haven't played with fonts a lot on my iPad, but when I right. have, I've used a different app called Any Font, and I've had it That's installed on use. my iPad for yes, a very sir. long time. It does yeah. use the profiles and stuff like you were exactly. talking about, but it's been a long time since I've used it because, like you right. say, for, my, for the purposes of my iPod, iPad, really, it's just for presentations that it's been a big deal for me. Um, right. 
That's right. But I'm going to have to check this out, even just for the purpose of trying some of these free fonts, because the ones that you're showing are pretty, pretty nice. I could definitely yeah, see the, using these. The any font, yeah, exactly, Jeff. The any font app, I know you and I have talked about this even on presentations we've given together. That is exactly the app that I've continued to use. But in order to use it, you have to have that font somewhere. Like I've purchased fonts before, right, from mm -hmm, other places. Mm -hmm. And I store them in like a Dropbox folder. So then I can use the mm -hmm. any font app to find that font. And then I can load that in through the profile. But exactly. you can still do that. That 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 app still works but if you know if, if if you're not as comfortable with that then just try this font diner app out it's completely free it's got a pack of free fonts there and see if it's something that you're interested in that's cool thank you for sharing that um so my tip of the day was something you know as we discussed at the beginning of the podcast uh and last week as well security cameras have been on my mind a lot more lately because <laughs> right. of the incident at my house and one right. of the things that i noticed was my daughter, as we were talking to her, she's a, um, a high school freshman. She was telling me that she wanted to be able to, just, just for security, to if she wanted to look at the security cameras. And I told her, sure, yeah, you can do that just on the home app on your i on your iPhone or on your right. iPad. You could because they're HomeKit, you know, you could look at them. And she told me something that I thought was strange. She said, "Well, I can do that, Dad, but I can only see a live view." From the cameras i can't see like you know okay. the cameras will automatically record for a minute if it like senses a person going by or sometimes it's just just a dog or a cat walking through the right. yard will pick that up she said i can't see the old recordings and I, i'm like i have no idea why so i found the solution to it i just sort of happened upon it and goodness i mean this just shows that there are so many hidden settings hidden away that you would never know where to look for it right so the right. solution for this and there's actually some other things you can do there too is if you're using so go to your home app this is the person that's in control of the home kit for the phone, which which is okay. my house. Right. Go in your, your family, home app right. at the very top of your home app and home app at the top right. There's like a circle with three dots in it. And so if mm -hmm. you tap in that, you'll see an ability to go into settings, home settings. And then from within home settings, there's an option called people. And it's got all the people in your home who you've given access to home kit. So for me, it's me, uh, my wife and my two my two kids. Right. If you tap on any individual person, like I tapped on my daughter, then I saw that there was an option for cameras to either stream only or oh. stream and view recordings. I had no okay. idea that, I mean, I didn't set any of this up and I have no idea why my wife was set up that she could both stream and watch recordings, but my two kids were only set up for streaming. Is it maybe because since Apple knows their age, did Apple by default decide that a teenager should not see? I, I, I have no huh. idea why it was set that way. Right, so of right. course I changed it. And so now they could go back. So keep in mind, I mean, just also before you change this, if you find yourself in a situation through think through the implications, if every time someone walks into the house, there's a, like a little recording of it that's saved by Apple for, I don't know, three months, six months, whatever that you can right. view via home kid, you know, if it's close to, you know, your kid's birthday time and you, don't want to see a picture of you don't want them to go back and see a recording of you walking into the house with their brand new bicycle or whatever it is you know <laughs> just keep that in mind they'll right, be able right, to see right. past recordings right but um so but, uh, that was an option i didn't know uh, that was there while i was there i saw a bunch of other things too like for example one of the settings that i found is in the same area of home settings there's something called music and podcasts and it says update hmm. listening history you know apple keeps track through apple music of things right. that i listen to and uses right. that to suggest other songs but one of the things i noticed is that it will add to my listening history through home pods something we also talked about today oh. and for mine we have the home pods downstairs and i've got that turned on but my daughter also has a home pod in her room 
and whatever it is that she listens to, I mean, she has pretty good music taste, but that's certainly not my personal <laughs> listening history. So I could right. go and I could deselect her HomePod <laughs> so that whenever she listens to things in her room, it's not going to be added to the AI of Apple thinking about the songs that I like to listen to over okay. and over again. Okay. Because believe me, Brett, when my daughter likes a song, she listens to it about a bajillion <laughs> times in a row. So it absolutely would take over my preferences. So I went ahead and turned that off for her HomePod. So, but that's just an example of there's so many little settings that yeah. you don't even think to look in these places for them. So I was happy to find the solution to my problem. I was happy to learn about other new settings I did not even know that existed. So, and this is all in the Home app, right? Everything you've been talking about is the Home app, which I is didn't a go default... to the Settings app. I'm yeah. in the Home app, and then yeah. Settings from within the Home app. Yes. Yeah, and and I got to tell you, I just have not explored the Home app very much. This is a default app now that comes with the iPhone or the iPad. I forget how long ago it was that they put it in. Yeah, I forget. But I, you know. I, I mean, I've always, I've, number one, I've said, you're always a little ahead of the curve on the home automation. I'm not quite there yet, although we do have like a thermostat and a couple of other things that I've done. And, but I control that usually through different apps or the app that comes with it. But I could also control it from within the home app. Um, I know I'm going to get there. I feel like the second point is Apple needs to get a little bit better on the treadmill here, getting into some of the home automation things. And I think it's getting there. Like, I think, I think this home pod may be one of the first that, that can go in. I was listening to another podcast where they were just saying, wouldn't it be great if, if like, why doesn't Apple make like a sound bar, right? For like a TV, you incorporate the mm -hmm. Apple TV in and like a home pod. I mean, there could be so much more that they could be doing, but I right. know they, 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 they drag their feet on this for many good reasons, I'm sure, <laughs> but that's really cool. Thanks for the tips on the home app. Woo, okay, that was a lot today. Thanks, Jeff, for your time as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.